yes, this is the show for you. We talk about everything. We discuss everything. No holds barred. Let's talk about getting better. Let's talk about challenging yourself in life. Debilitating conditions. Health things. Don't stop the damn world from moving. It don't stop you from moving. We're going to do this together. So join me for Health and Triumph. The struggle to overcome with Melvin Ward. I'm Melvin Ward. Let's do this. Hey guys, I'm back. Had a little bit of break. COVID killing my vacations, but I'm still going to do something because that's what I do. You've got to unwind and relax. So let's talk about world news. The Taliban and Afghanistan. I was um, shocked to find out that they produce, they have a um, high density of copper and lithium. You know, so a lot of our technology uses copper and lithium. So I could never really understand what was the need of going into Afghanistan. Um, yes, they said bin Laden was responsible for the tax and he was there. Uh, uh, oh, I'm not going to run into all the conspiracy theories on that one. Bin Laden was responsible for some other attacks. And he took blame for it. So his ass got what he got. Seriously, like, whether he did this one or not, he still had to go because he caused a whole bunch of other stuff. An embassy bombing in the U.S. coal, I believe. But I could be wrong for anybody that want to just, like, discredit me. <laughs> I'm telling you, I could be wrong. It's been a long time. Um, so I didn't feel bad about what he got. And then when they told the Afghan people to um, turn him over, whether they could or couldn't, they harbored a lot of terrorist camps over there. That was a way for them to make finances, uh, buddy, with the camp. So they had a lot of terrorist camps over there. And within those camps, you know, they're, they're trained to do harm to us. So I don't feel bad for them either. I do feel bad for people because in the middle of a war, the people that are hurt the most are the common people, not the people making decisions. But let's talk about this strategically. Um, I'm not a military man, but I do tend to look at things from different perspectives. I say that all the time. I think I wish more people would look at it from different perspectives because perspectives are so vital and um, volatile at times when people don't look at them. However, let's go there. One of the biggest problems when you're an occupying force, and make no mistakes, when the U.S. was there for those years, they were an occupying force. You train people on how to use your weapons and your tactics. You also issue them weapons. They may not be the highest grade weapons, but they're still weapons and still technology that's more advanced than the people you fighting. Because once again, let's not forget, technology wins wars. The soldiers go out there and implement this, use this technology, and ultimately their efforts win the war. But the more technically advanced civilization will always win a war. You can um, outmatch them with troops, but in this sophisticated time of killing, you know, Numbers 
do matter. Supply lines matter more. Artillery matters more. The being able to strike from a greater distance matters more. You can kill a whole lot of people before they get to you if you got the right stuff. Um, if they got the same amount of stuff, then the numbers kind of even out. But strategically, you train them. Anytime you give a country or anybody weapons, they're going to end up on the black market. Not all weapons going to end up where they're supposed to, which is why we have so many illegal guns on the street over here. I don't even have to use a, 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 a less sophisticated country and say, hey, they're, they're, that happened because there's less sophistication in that country. No, it happens over here, too. And we're supposed to be more sophisticated, right? So anytime people can make money off something and they can find a market for it and they can get away with it, you're always going to have greed. Always. So I'm not even I'm not even going to knock them for trying to get away with the shit. You know, um, whether they was Afghan or U.S. military, it doesn't matter. Your enemy is going to learn something. Same way with building things. You always got to worry about the spies. Spies will get your information. Spies will get your information and get the information to weapons and other things and pass it on. So when you develop something, there's always an information gap. There's always somebody that's looking to sell secrets to, you know, um, there's a lot of things that go along with it. There's a lot of things that go along with it, but those things are prevalent. Now you run into another problem and I'll use the charismatic military general that we still use as topics today. Hannibal. Military still are using his double pincer attack. That's how formidable it was when he developed that strategy. And they're using it in a different way with ships and rocket fire and sorties, but they're using it and implementing the troops with it. It's effective. However, Hannibal was in Rome for 10 years and never lost a battle. Yet, he couldn't defeat the enemy. Why? Because the people around him, they made him rich. And two, when he finally did lose a battle, the Romans learned all they needed to from him. The elephants was less effective because, okay, you got us the first time. You crashed into our lines. We didn't know what to do. Now we know what to do. You charge them, we move to the side. Let them ride by. Let them run by. And then put our lines back together. You know what I mean? So my reason in saying that is every enemy learns from mistakes. I say this all the time. You learn more from your failures than your successes. If you make a successful thing, venture or whatever, okay, good for you. You chose right from the start. But when you fail... You don't only learn how to deal with that situation, you learn how to deal with multiple situations. Failure breeds knowledge sometimes. More knowledge than if you just succeed every time. If you win in all the other times, all the time, then you just winning. You're lucky, whatever. But when you lose, you learn more. Now, I don't want everybody to lose out here. I want you to learn more. I want you to be successful. But just keep this in mind. If you come up with 10 great ideas and nine of them fail, 
and that one idea is a success, your whole life has been transformed. And I can guarantee you, if you come up with 10 ideas and nine of them are failures, that success probably won't be the first one. It'll be after the first one, but it'll be because you learned on the first one. Kind of like I'm doing with the podcast now. I'm, I'm learning as I go. But back to the main topic, you have these situations where the people that you're fighting learn from what you do, which makes them even harder to defeat. And to make it even worse, you're leaving. Now, they have learned your techniques that worked for you to conquer them. So do you think they're not going to use them against the provisional government or the government, whatever you want to name it? And then there's another factor. You cannot take over a country in the speed that they took over that country unless the people want you to be back. Yes, people don't want to get killed. Yes, people don't. People are, are afraid to fight and afraid to die. However, you cannot will not and should not take over a country that fast. Because if you have fighting in the street, then you fighting for every grain of sand. People that hate your government and hate your system, they don't want to go back. They're fighting because they don't want to go back. The incredible speed that they took over, that means that they was planned, they executed, they understood, they had a great information network, they knew where to hit, how hard to hit it. You don't do that unless the majority of people support you. And we sit over here and we say they're a, a, a harmful regime, yet they're in charge and the people let them be in charge. Now, does that mean all the people like them? No, but we have a political system where we say majority rules, right? So why can't the majority rule over there? It's hard for the gains that they have for women rights for education, you know, for democracy. But let's call it spade a spade. Democracy does bring some problems. Uh, trying to be financially secure brings some problems. You bring crime. You bring rights for people that do commit crimes. You bring a lot of things with democracy. It's a work in progress, you know. We're the leader in the world, period. But we do have problems with crime. And we have problems with crime that we need to address. And it's hard to address these situations with um, what goes on. You know, everybody's rights. So a lot of people don't want to hear that, especially in that embattled area of the world. They're so used to having a history of wars, civil wars, religious wars, territorial wars. They're not afraid of war. Not to say that we are. Obviously, we're not afraid of war. People think we soft over here, but we're not. We might be soft in how we deal with certain things over here, but when we comes to other countries and comes to war, when something happens, people ready to fight. People are ready to fight. So, I don't think they're soft. I don't think we're soft, and I don't think they're overly hard. They just have a system of belief where they think things are better like this like they are, and they're gonna implement that. And it's their country, they have the right to do it. We should not go back. We shouldn't. 
And to be quite honest, if our main objective was just to, to, to punish them for housing bin Laden and being a part of the terrorist camp, we should just hit them as hard as we could and just let them lay. All this building something up. And once again, I'll use the word provisional government because that's what happens. That's when you put a figurehead in. It's a government, but it's a government that held together by military. So anytime you have a provisional government, you have an occupying force in any region, in any country, dealing with any person. It is so hard to hold them. If those people do not want to be, if that peoples do not overwhelmingly want to be a part of what you're offering, you're never going to be able to hold them, even in now with technology. Because to hold them, you can't destroy them. You need something from them. A lot of times it's going to have to include a workforce. It's going to have to include supporters to hold them. You cannot do it with our technology even now. History has told us that. Some places it might take 100 years for them to gain their freedom, but they will gain their freedom. It is the idea of being free is the most powerful thought that we have in this world today. So that is my thought today. And I'm not going to say that everybody over in Afghan is free. My point is, don't be surprised what people want. Because if you're not those people, you don't know. And you don't know why. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to talking to you again and have our Sunday conversation, but any day of the week.